Welcome to The Goddess and the Medicine Woman with Melissa McHugh and Sydney Decker. In this episode, we talk with woman in tech turned award-winning author J.J. DiGeronimo. J.J. shares energy practices and strategies and talks about her spiritual side as she helps women become empowered in work and in life. Come on in and join the conversation. Hi, Sydney Decker. Hi, Melissa McHugh. How's it going today? Well, uh, if you are feeling the full moon, I definitely am. I'm feeling very fiery today Um, and just kind of being aware of certain relationship dynamics, certain things that I need to look at and explore throughout the remainder of this week. It's just coming up, just old stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. Everybody I talk to, the old stuff is emerging even more powerful than it has been. And um, I'm feeling the same way too. So, yeah. And it's okay. I just tell people just keep sitting with it and looking at it, letting it go, letting it move through. You know, we don't want to hold on to anything new, you know, to put on top of anything old. (laughs) We're just constantly trying to get rid of all this stuff. It's like anything new that comes in, we need to have something in place so that we can just let it move through because we're trying to release a lot of that stuff that we've gotten, you know, it's gotten stuff from way, way back. The one thing that's interesting for me, and I'm really excited about this episode because I want to ask her some questions about it, is my, like, the mother wound inside of me. Like, all the women that have, like, ever hurt me or, like, the sister wound. I don't have a sister, but, um, like, that's been coming up in a way that's very interesting for me. Because I have so many loving women in my life, but for some reason today, I'm noticing and being aware of the times. Like, I remember this one memory from, like, forever ago when I was, like, eight, and this woman looked at me and she said, you're a little B-I-T-C-H. And I was eight years old, and this woman called me. It's like those types of things are coming up. And then when I was part of this woman's group, and I... I don't even know what happened with that. I was like ostracized randomly. One day they just stopped inviting me and deleted me off of everything. And I was like, what the heck? So I just feel like this conversation with about women and just like helping each other to like really thrive. But I want to like, I don't know. I just really want women to love themselves and love each other. But that's what's coming up for me is like the woman stuff for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, so today we have um, a guest, and hopefully she can uh, shed some light on that. She does a lot with women, and her name is JJ. Now, if I say this wrong, because I'm not a good word person for some reason, (laughs) JJ D. Geronimo. And um, she is with us today. I love that name, D. Geronimo. It just makes you feel like, we're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, JJ is a woman in tech turned award-winning author. Um, She shares energy practices and empowering strategies that people can use to create more impact. With new levels of awareness, um, she shares a more spiritual side of her life that undeniably strengthens her mission to empower women at work and in life. Um, Conditioned to look outward, JJ juggles a variety of external validations such as titles, salaries, and relationships intermingled with self-doubt, negative self-talk, and demanding schedules. Um, And these same pressures lead many women to ask, am I enough? What am I doing? Or is this it? 
With over 20 years in the tech industry, she is no stranger to navigating the twists and turns of moving from entry-level positions to leadership. And now she's focusing on unleashing leadership and insights from within. Um, So welcome to the show, JJ. Thank you so much for having me. I love how the conversation's already started. Yay. (laughs) So now you have a new book out. Um, What is the book called? Seeking? Seeking. Yeah, Seeking. Seeking. We're all seeking, I feel like. I was going to name it um, Off the Side of Her Desk because so many women have these really interesting things happening. But a lot of people are like, what does that mean? So I continue to wait for a title. I feel like I worked on titles for three years. (laughs) Well, what is that book? What's that book about? So Seeking is, you know, most of my books, all of my books actually are about a journey of the woman. And most of them start with me because, you know, I think I was sort of led to believe that you could have it all. And once you keep going and get to a certain point, it'll all just unfold and all this magic will happen. And I think through each of my books, you know, I really share the realities of how hard it is still for women to have a passion, work off the side of their desk, maybe work in conjunction of staying home with their kids or taking care of loved ones. And how do they keep themselves whole? And that really, you know, the working woman's GPS for me was the beginning of just sharing how quickly women can lose themselves in their yeses. Oh, wow. I really love that. I have a um, relative um, who I watch struggle with, um, like someone who has a daughter that's not doing well, has grandchildren that she worries about, has a mom and um um, a stepdad that she's taking care of. And now she's just found her own voice and trying to fit all of that in into her day, you know, is like for women, it feels like um, a, a little bit of a struggle because it's like, I'm just starting my life now, but still I have all these people, like you said, well, where do I put my yeses? So that's, that's really interesting. Oh gosh, we could talk about that a whole show because really what it comes down to is one, you know, do why am I saying yes so much? So that's kind of like was what I really started on over a decade ago because I found myself lost in my yeses and I really didn't have any boundaries. And then I didn't like myself because I was so buried in everybody else's stuff that I lost myself in the process. And in doing so, I was attracting sort of the frequency or energy that I was at. And it took me a while to dig out of that mud puddle per se. But once I did, you know, I continued to work with women in business and they were like, well, how do I get promoted? How do I find a sponsor? How do I get on a board? And so my second book really encompasses the difference of working in your career and on your career. And then my third book, which really is my life passion, is once you get all these accolades, I think people think everything's just going to come together for you. And what I find within myself and many other women is that we still have this emptiness or we still don't really feel like we're aligned with our life's work. And seeking has really been a journey for me of meeting with over 50 energy practitioners to really just learn a nugget here or there. But at the end, really getting more attuned with who I am from the inside out. And I feel like that really is the work of all of us is to learn more about who we are, the gifts that we brought and the work that we're supposed to be focused on. So I have a question because I'm a business owner myself. And one thing that when I was first starting out with, and this is something that I've been um, 
just like playing within my own life and seeing things is like how a lot of times in order to be in this masculine driven world mostly like most of the business structure and that type of thing comes from like a masculine type of energy where like women have to become like they're a masculine and put that out there and like I started to feel like I'm not a masculine though you know I I'm a feminine energy and I'm a feminine presence and I want to show up in my business as a feminine and I want to show up in my life as a feminine but so often do I go towards burnout and frustration and stress because I'm trying to operate masculinely because it fits better or it looks better in the structures than just being my feminine and having those days where I I can flow and then other days I need more space and create and I need to kind of just focus on my creativity process and then not just constant tasks, do this, email, like that actually... One, I think for just who I am as a person can be overwhelming, but also the more that I look at my base energy and how I want to operate and how I want to run my business is very feminine and is very fluid. And like some people that I'm friends with that own their own businesses and different there and just people that I talk to and get advice from, it's like, no, you got to do, it's like fear, this, that, you got to have the structure, you got to, and it's like, I don't know if I can, I want to do all that. So I wanted to get your opinion on how maybe you've been able to work with that energy dynamic or just your thoughts on that. Mm. Well, one, I completely hear you. And I talk about this in the book Seeking is that, you know, corporate America and really, really business in general is driven by masculine energy. And so the feminine energy has to check their knowing at the door and go into the business world with half their toolkit, but Mm. yet we're expected to deliver at 120%. So it's really no surprise that women feel so burned out because they're really supposed to like be working in that masculine energy most of the time when they're in the business world. Now we're moving from the fifth sun to the sixth sun, which doesn't happen. I mean, hundreds and thousands and thousands of years. And the sixth sun is much more around feminine energy. And you're already kind of seeing the bubbling of many things happening to really fire up the feminine. So I think that will start to shift because the world, the planet, mother nature, I mean, we definitely need some more feminine energy going on on the planet. There's just way, way too much masculine energy. But for women to step into that, they have to sidestep their self-doubt. And unfortunately, no matter if you're you know, I, I would, no matter what age you are, mostly women over 30, we all are really bathing in so much self-doubt. Now, the generations like my children and the children below them, they have a lot more confidence than I've probably ever had in my life, if you've probably seen that. But the self-doubt, we have to side that, sidestep that self-doubt. And to do that, I believe that energy practition, practitioners, ancient practices, the connection of women will really help us do that. And that's really the torch I've been carrying lately because I feel like I've been in too many conferences and too many work events where it's like leadership, 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 and nothing's happening. Like we can't go in leadership with women like this. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And it says um, you're a a businesswoman and an award-winning book writer, but you're also a light worker. So like, how do you integrate that into everything that you do? 
Well, it's interesting because it wasn't until I really got into birth charts, which happened around 2018, that I really started to understand my life's work. I think birth charts are such a can opener to really give you insight to your life's work. And so I did a couple of birth chart readings over the years, like over the years, but in 2018 and 2020, I started learning birth charts because I started taking classes with birth chart um, masters. And I just found that was so interesting because the birth chart is where the planets are when you enter the planet. Where, what does the sky look like when you enter the planet? It's very easy to find if you have your birth time. I mean, you can do a little bit of adjustment if you don't, but your day, your birth time, and your location will kind of tell you what the sky looked like. And that is super instrumental in your life's work because it gives you insight to why you're on the planet. And so I had my son in my eighth house. And for me, I really like to talk about difficult things um, that people don't want to talk about. But then I have quite a bit in my 10th house, which is my workhouse. And so it gave me more confidence that I can talk about things that people generally don't want to talk about in the work realm, which funny enough, gave me permission to really leap into the spiritual and energy talk in the business world. Yeah. Yeah, Do you find that? um, Sorry, I just want to ask one thing. Do you find that... uh, more people in the business world are starting to talk about, you know, the spiritual aspects of lives, or do you think it's, they're still holding on to that, you know, business, business kind of mentality? Well, I'm an Aquarius, so I'm going to do things first, right. In regards to my son. And so I'm been leading the DNI, like I started it with DE and I back in 2010, you know what I mean? Before it really even got traction, I feel like it will happen eventually. I feel like there's so many, you know, you guys all probably have heard at some point Myers-Briggs, Strength Finders, 360 Reviews. These are all such masculine tools in so many ways. So I do think over time, people will start to integrate human design. Some people have done Enneagrams and there's other tool sets you could do. So I think it will happen, but I think it will start with the individual first. And I feel like some of my work is just creating that bridge for people to get referrals to people that can help them gain more personal insight. And when did you start to feel that shift for yourself? Like, when did you start to realize, like, working in the tech company, like, corporation, that type of stuff, and make, because that's masculine, in my opinion, that's like a masculine type of uh, industry. So when did you start to feel that, like, like you said, the inner to the outer rather than the outer to the inner? (laughs) Well, I'd like to say it was real quick, but it was not. So, uh, you know, I started feeling it. I started creating a woman's group in 2008. And then I started putting the stories together in 2010 for my first book. And in 2013, I, I just was having so much inner turmoil that for my 40th birthday, I went to Sedona to get some enlightenment because I was like, what in the heck is going on? Like, I thought my career was going to go in a straight line. I was moving towards the next step and the next step. But my inner voice was so determined to move me onto a different path. And I really was just downright confused. So what everybody does, right, is go to Sedona. Let me go to Sedona. See what they say. <laughs> because I couldn't really get advice from my friends. I, my, my husband didn't know what I was doing. Like, I felt like a fish out of water. So I booked a trip to Sedona. And um, I worked with Sedona Soul Adventures. Uh, Deborah's out there. And she kind of set me up with three days of different light workers. And they told me then that my work was going to be, you know, illuminating the path for women and talking about God. And I was like, ah, yeah, that's not me. That probably was the last person you worked with. You know, that's not really, and this was 2013. 
And, you know, because I worked in Silicon Valley, like nobody is talking about God in Silicon Valley, at least not publicly. So I was like, there's no way. And she, one of the angel light workers told me, yes, you're going to bring people closer to God. And I'm like, I, yeah, I, I, I just don't see it. <laughs> Fast forward 10 years, 10 years. And my book, Seeking, is making it more normal to say, you know what? I am part of something bigger. I have natural talents. I did agree to come down here, and I've got to work to get closer to the work I agreed to do before I came. So I think it's happening, but it's like my journey. It's probably unfolding one pedal at a time. And how do you see yourself as a light worker? Because we were actually just on the phone earlier today talking about how, like, I'm a light worker and I, I want to, like, I was actually thinking to myself yesterday, I was like, I kind of, when people ask me, what do you do? I want to just say, you know, I'm an earth angel light worker sent here to just radiate this light to remind you of your truth. And then I'm like, most people will look at me and think I'm literally crazy and walk away. <laughs> so it's like, how do you like ground that for yourself you know what I'm saying because like how do you go about that expression in like a way that is authentic and truthful and then like other if people don't receive it because they may not how do you go about that well first I want to say congratulations because just saying that out loud one time two times three times makes it so makes it like really validates that you know who you are. And I would say, say that as much as you want to. Say it to waiters, say it to your friends, say it to your family. It doesn't matter. It's about moving to a frequency that you want to reside at and you have to step into that frequency. And so it sounds to me like you're on the edge of that right now, knowing that's where you're going. But right now you're like, hmm, maybe I will step in, maybe I won't, but eventually you will. There's just no doubt. But the fact that you can verbalize that is amazing. Amazing. Yes. And I feel like that's why you're here. You know why you're here. Your soul knows. And I think for light workers, like there's an undeniable truth that we have a bigger purpose. The world right now is filled with light workers because we're here to shift the energy of the planet. And we're coming out in droves right now to move from the fifth sun to the sixth sun. And finding your tribe is so helpful because it makes it more normal because if you're sitting in your room or you're walking into the grocery store saying like, I am a light worker. I bring energy to the planet. I'm here to illuminate people's path. Like it sounds so um, like just like comic book like, but yes. when you start finding your tribe and you're all talking like that, it's like, huh, this is so, this is so. So I'm super excited for you. And I feel like you are already well down your path. Well, thank you. Yeah. And to move away from the people that aren't allowing you to say that, that are looking at you weird and just leaving them behind if you have to. It doesn't matter who they've been to you in the past. If they're not allowing you to speak your truth, okay, bye, you know, and not be so, uh, we were talking about that earlier too, not being so attached to the people that have gotten us so far. That's what they've done. They were catalysts for whatever they were needed for, but we don't need to hold on to them. You know, it's, well, but I want, I want to love them forever. Well, so maybe we're not supposed to, like you said, moving towards the people that are looking at you going, yeah, you go. And that's who you are. And I know that's who you are. I think that's so needed, especially for women, you know, 
like you said, to find our tribe. Yeah. And I really think about it as frequency. So I have a, on my wall, I say, get rich on the energy you create. And when I go into every day, I'm all about exchanging a certain level of energy. Now, yesterday, I don't know what the heck with the full moon. I don't know what was happening. I told my one light worker friend, I'm like, I was triggered so many times yesterday into frustration, which is not my normal MO. But I was like, <laughs> why am I so frustrated right now? And I, I, it's got to be the moon. I mean, and just because yeah. that's not my MO. Most days I, I always talk about, okay, being at a certain frequency, like a radio station, like I want to be at 102.5 and literally I will work all day to stay at that frequency or get above that frequency. And if I feel my frequency going down because I'm listening to something or I'm on a conversation too long, or I have an email that just really isn't resonating, I just put it aside and try to go back to it when I'm a little bit more centered uh, and usually I just try to get outside. If I can get outside and just even take the dog for a walk or just be outside for a few minutes, I seem like I can get myself grounded again. Yeah, I was going to ask you, how do you know when your frequency is changing? Mm, yeah, I would say I'm pretty, it's pretty obvious <laughs> because I can feel it. Like I feel it bubbling up. I feel myself when I feel like I'm frustrated, angry, worried, concerned, you know, any of those things that kind of like more ego energy, I know my frequency is, is already shifted. So, and I really think of people as players, as actors in my play, and all they're here to do is activate me one way or another. So oftentimes I have to say, you know, why is this triggering me right now? What is it about this situation that is triggering me? Yeah. It yep. kind of brings me deal. back. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, it just kind of brings me back to earlier with our conversation. Well, it just helped us get, you're so in alignment with everything that we talked about earlier. It's just <laughs> yeah. almost like we're on the same frequency. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think that's why that this mother wound is coming up for me. I mean, I have a really great relationship with my actual mom, but I'm it, the mother wound is like the feminine wound, you know, of like the feminine experiences. And I'm just looking at like, I'm just so frustrated because there's just this part of me that's internal that is so ready for the feminine to rise. And it's like, why do we keep putting each other down? You know, like, why are you? But I can just see that a lot of them are operating from their masculine brain. Like they're coming from that space and so do you have any experiences with that, like shifting or helping women shift or even with the energy workers you've talked to of like, because I'm seeing that I had to wake up and drop out of my masculine brain and drop down into my feminine heart because I have been given the guidance that it's going to sound this way because it's like going to seem like we're not whole as ourselves when I describe this, but basically the heart is where the feminine resides and the brain is where the masculine resides. So when you're in a relationship with someone else, like we'll just stick with the man woman just to, for a general explanation is you are the man's heart and he is your brain. So that's mm -hmm. why it's so important to pick the healthy masculine brain because I've picked the not healthy masculine brain and it destroyed my heart. Mm. And vice versa. If the masculine picks the close-hearted woman, it's going to destroy his heart mm. and then he's going to become bitter. So what are your thoughts? I just wanted to see what you had to say about that. 
Well, I will tell you one of my favorite books and author is Rebecca Campbell. If you haven't heard of her, I would definitely download her book, Rise, Sister, Rise. It talks a lot about the feminine energy. Somehow that ended up in my audibles in 2016 when I was really starting this process. And it's, I'm not, I listen to books pretty quickly. I've listened to it three times and I've gone and seen her and I'm not in her membership. So it's all light workers and that's really great. But one of the things she talks about and brought attention to is that our soul has centuries of knowing. And the masculine has pitted the feminine against each other for centuries. And we still have that residual energy. And it's not necessarily something that we are going to be able to hit head on. Mm -hmm. And this is why I believe coming together in retreats, in tribal connections, in energy practices allows us to remember how we are connected. Because we're trying to remember in the masculine energy and we're falling short because we have all these soul wounds Mm. and the energy you're experiencing probably has nothing to do with you. It's just like so much engulfed in so many of the things that we do. And I feel like that's why women almost don't know how to behave in corporate America. We try so hard to be the man, but we know it's not our full self. And so... I think it's ironic that most of the masculine energy institutions call things like energy practices and light workers woo-woo and mm-hmm. devil-like and against God because they don't want us to remember our power. Hey, this is Melissa. And this is Sydney from the Goddess and the Medicine Woman podcast. We would like to invite you to join our inner circle. This is where we have created a community of listeners and like-minded people who want to dive deeper into their healing journey. When you join, you receive access to group energy healings, meditations, mini-series, live streams, a behind-the-scenes look and visual access to our guest speakers, and you can even apply to be a guest listener and have your own one-on-one healing conversation with us. Head on over to Patreon to gain immediate access. We have included a link in the show notes. See you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was saying that earlier about how women, like back in the day, your safety and security was dependent on if you could get that man and any way that you could possibly do it, I need to find a husband. If if somebody's already talking to him, well, I'm going to go steal him away because I'm dependent on um, a man. If I don't have a husband, uh, maybe I have to become a prostitute or maybe I have to, you know, maybe I'm going to die somewhere of starvation because that was just the way that they made it that we had to depend on that so as women we were fighting each other you know for that safety so and who created that what organizations created that need and in fact when the the churches came in they took a lot of the sacred land from the women and then gave it to the men and forced the women to be with the men to get access to any land and so if you really think about like And then you had to, if you had to get the land from the men, then you're dependent on the men for the land, for the livelihood, for your living. And if you think about how this was all structured, it was under organizations that are supposed to get you closer to God. Mm -hmm. So it's a really interesting thing that we are taught as women not to trust our inner voice, not to come together tribally, not to use ancient practices that many of us know and our souls know because that's bad. 
I think my personal thought is that it's more because they don't want us to remember. Yes. Yeah. I agree with we that. are powerful. so powerful. Women are so powerful. And if you look at the way it's set up right now, we are taught to believe we are not. Yep. Yeah. And our systems now are dependent on that, that we don't remember. And then we don't, you know, become more powerful. You know, I think what they don't realize is that we don't want to become so powerful that we overtake everything. We want to become powerful so that we can come together with the, with the divine masculine. We don't want to be the ones, you know, in charge. We want to, we want to cooperation, you know, completely. And in fact, that's what we want. Yes. And when I was in Sedona, the same woman that told me about sort of the journey I would have ahead said, remember, remember, it's not about lifting up one energy to suppress the other. It's about equalizing the masculine and feminine energy. And at every stage I'm on, every keynote I do, I never put down the masculine, except for right here I did today. (laughs) But I wanted to give it perspective because I feel like it's one of these conversations where we just have to put it out there that we now realize what is going on in a way that I don't think I've ever realized before. And even other energy practitioners, you know, we're all kind of like, yeah, because when I talk to women, I'm like, you create life. Like without women, there is no life. And, but yet we are still felt to be second-class citizens. I, it's mind blowing, mind blowing. And the only people that can take their control back is the women. And the only way women are going to take control back is when we work together. So recognizing we have a soul journey, soul memories, but that does not define how we work together now and being open to ways to come together with light, love, and ancient wisdom is really what I think is going to unlock the potential for the feminine moving forward. I also wanted to say too, as I, I don't necessarily think that you were putting the masculine down as far as like, sometimes there's just facts. Like, you got to start looking at the facts of the situation. Like, when you're talking about a situation, because I always used to be like, well, I don't want to, like, I was in a, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it or anything, but I was in a abusive relationship. And I was keeping that quiet and hidden because I didn't want anyone to think badly of him or seem like I was this victim or whatever. But then people started just asking me, what happened? And I just started to say, well, this was done and this happened and this was broken and this, not to say that I was innocent in all of it because I, I engaged in the ways that I engaged. But when I just started to talk about the things that were done to me, it was facts, mm-hmm. you know? So when we're talking about the masculine and like what's been going on with the masculine and the feminine, I think that it's so important to just talk about the facts of it because if we don't look at those, it can't change. We can't really like, we have to accept it both the feminine has to accept it and the masculine has to accept it so that way we can just stop doing it because it's when we resist it and we don't accept it and we reject what's been going on nothing changes so it's like yeah men have been kind of shitty sometimes to women and women have been kind of shitty to women and men too it's just like we need to recognize what the true like you're speaking about what that true feminine energy and expression is of coming together for the greatest good of all of us. It's not about overriding the other one or being more in power or anything. It's just like, I feel it so deeply in my soul too of like, let's just get along and like create some good stuff. Like I'm so tired. I'm so exhausted of having to 
battle. And I know men have to be too. They have have to be to be too, but not everybody's coming together. Let me just tell you, they're not coming together. Right. So there's going to be a frequency break off here. Uh, And so I'm working hard every day to make sure I'm in the right frequency bucket. (laughs) And it takes a lot. It's not just about talking about it with you. It's like, okay, what do I say to myself? Because that's really Mm -hmm. the most important thing is how do you talk to yourself? How do you share energy with others? What do you watch? What do you listen to? What do you eat? Like all of these things are all in defining sort of what energy or frequency you're living at. And it takes time. I mean, you can't shift everything overnight. It's a slow process. But the idea is, is to your point, Melissa, when you said earlier, you know, you're going to get to a frequency where eventually some relationships are just not going to go with you. They're not going to know why it's happening. You don't have to address it head on. You know, and I've experienced this firsthand where people just, things just happened and some of it was painful and some of it didn't really matter, but it just kind of had a way of working itself out of pushing me on my journey. Yeah. That's really cool. How, I guess like, I don't know if this is like too personal or anything, but you're married, right? I am. So how does that, is he supportive? So it's been a journey. I mean, Gary Zubak talks about this in the seat of the soul, right? That people come together, you know, you have soul contracts and you come together and sometimes it's for a season, sometimes for a decade, sometimes it's your lifetime, but the soul contract with each other is hard to define what it is exactly or why you're together. But I would say that my significant other, my spouse has been one of my biggest teachers. Mm -hmm. Some lessons I did not want to learn, but (laughs) He has been my teacher and we have had to revisit and revisit. Like, is this working? Do we want to continue down this path? You are evolving. What are you doing? I'm I'm evolving. So it's been a give and take. And I feel like we are evolving independently, but have been committed to stay together. And I don't think that's the case for everybody. And I don't even know if that's the case for four years from now, but I feel like we have to constantly revisit our commitment to ourselves and each other and it's hard for one person to evolve without the other person evolving too. And so I do have some friends that they've evolved. And I've talked about one in, in my book at where she, you know, she did one thing new every quarter and eventually her relationship just fell apart because it was mm-hmm. all one-sided and her frequency was so different. It just, she couldn't even connect. There was no connection there anymore. And so I feel like, you know, right now we're, moving, not at the same pace, but we're both moving and evolving, but you just never know how things are going to work out. And I feel like there's so many relationships. I know that somebody has sacrificed so much for the other person and it wasn't an evolution. And I feel like that's another way that women feel like restricted, but also, um, restricted, but also unable sometimes to even figure out who they are to understand how to evolve for themselves. And so if you're listening in your relationship and you're like, I don't know what all this means or what are you talking about? I think just spending some time by yourself, whether it's reading a book, going for a walk, going to a dinner, and really just getting that time to be like, who am I? Who am I? What inspires me? What excites me? 
And what am I not doing that I want to add to my schedule? And I think just that alone time can really give you clear insight to kind of where you are on your own journey. Because that's really what it's about is your internal evolution. Yeah. And allowing yourself to allowing yourself the um, ability to change, allowing yourself, you don't don't keep yourself in a box just because, you know, the systems have always said that you were supposed to, I need to make it work. You know what I mean? I've always heard that, you know, back in the day, it was always like, you're married, so you need to make this work. You know what I mean? If it's not working, we need to give ourselves permission then to just be like, okay, this isn't working. And I'm just not, you know, I've tried or whatever. Maybe you haven't. That's okay too. If you're ready to walk away, walk away. You know, women need to give themselves permission to move forward and to evolve and not just stay there because they're supposed to or think they're supposed to. Yeah. And if you don't have a plan or don't have means to do that, just start doing things because the universe has a way of coming in and swooping and helping you out. So like, if you're like, I'm trapped, I can't leave. I have no money or I can't leave. I have nowhere to go or my kids are little, whatever it is, start doing things to raise your frequency. So if that's Mm -hmm. listening to podcasts, watching YouTube videos, getting certified in something, you know, donating your time at the library. It doesn't matter what it is. It has to be something that lights you up because if you raise yourself out of the frequency in which you're residing in, the universe will help you move you on your journey. And that relationship is based on the frequency in which you resided at at some point. You could be higher or lower now, but that was a connection based on where you were at some point. So the best thing you can do is get out of that frequency. Yeah. And take action, you know? That's one of the biggest things, like you said, once you start to take that action, then the universe comes right in behind you and says, oh, this is what we're doing now. Okay. This is where we're going. Yeah. And, you know, you don't have to sign paperwork tomorrow. You can just say, you know, look at how long it took me. Went to Sedona in 2013. It's 2023. Like it's an evolution, but you only you can kickstart your journey or elevate your frequency one decision at a time. And you might have five great things you do a day and two crappy things. Don't beat yourself up. Like get up the next morning, start again. How do you shine your light? You know, I was just thinking about like, so one of the things I love is just connecting everywhere I go. So if I'm going to the grocery store, like I have real connections. I talk to people that are my friends. Like, hi, how's your this? How's that? I feel like one thing that has happened for me as I shifted my frequency is that I really try to be in the moment that I'm in. I'm not planning for the future. I'm not dissecting the past. I really try to be in the moment. So I try to be a good listener and I really am genuinely interested in other souls. And that comes out literally everywhere at the airport, at the grocery store. Um, and other places. And I think for me, when I can connect with other souls, like really make, even if it's a smile, make just a connection, I feel like it really lights me up. That's amazing. Well, everything, well, even just your energy is, do you know what your human design is? Yes, I do. I am a three, five generator. Okay. Um, Well, your energy, just even talking to you just gives me permission. It's just giving me permission to, it's actually like so funny how we're talking about this and the journey and the frequency. And when you're on the frequency, you'll be attracted to the certain things that you need at the time. And it's like where I was this morning, waking up in so much frustration. So also thank you for saying that because I have been feeling like so frustrated and 
I mean, I don't, the moon's in any sign that it's in, because there's Western, there's Eastern, whatever. I'm just going to take what it's in right now, based on what I've heard, is it's moving into like, it's the full moon's in Libra. So it's starting to show me where I feel like I'm frustrated in the balance of the masculine and feminine in my own self and the relationship that I have with my masculine and the relationship that I have with my internal masculine is also a reflection of my relationship with my external masculine, which is scary, like to be honest, like it is not good. So this, I've just been feeling so frustrated because I've been looking for more women to connect with who are on that light worker wave that are really getting it. Like not just like theoretical, like are really doing it that I can talk to. So thank you for showing up into my frequency. So that way we could have this conversation and it's just kind of like everything that you put into words of just like giving me permission to be a light worker using the language that you're using. And so I wanted to ask you especially in this book that you have, your newest, latest book, what is it that you hope people get out of it? Is it just for women? Is it for everybody? Like, what is it that you're really wanting for people to get out of it? Because I'm just getting out a lot of stuff just by your presence and your energy. And so I want to really like inspire people to go read this book. Mm, Well, thank you. Seeking for me is the wisdom that I feel like I'm here to impart on the world at this point in my journey. And I do believe that the underpinning of the book gives women and some men have read the book permission to step or lean into what they already know is so. So I've had many people send me notes already. Like I signed up for that certification. I'm changing my position. I'm starting that hobby. I'm going to start charging for it. So I think seeking is a, it really is a workbook because it goes into so many aspects of things that could possibly be holding you back right now and gives you not only thought provoking questions, but actions to really allow you to sidestep that self-doubt and lean into why you've agreed to come to the planet. I love that. And that self-doubt is such a huge thing. And where did you get the inspiration like do you is it like a channeling like how did you go throughout that process to bring this information into this book and to feel inspired to put it out there I would feel like for me it's whispers I do get whispers a lot like I I had started in 2016 I got the whisper to start retreats which I had never been to a retreat before and I had no idea even like what to do, but I was basically said, you know, you need to start a place for women to gather outside and with each other. Cause I'd been doing so many conference rooms and auditoriums and such. Mm. And I sat on that for two years. So I finally reached out to an energy practitioner by the name of Dora. She uses a deck of cards and she's um, a medium. And she said, you know, what are you waiting for? And I'm like, I, I just don't even know what to do. And she said, JJ, build what you want to go to. And I feel like I talk about that in my book about just the journey of that and and even the nerves I had, even once I did build what I want to go to, the morning of women are arriving and I'm like sweating and I'm trying to be mindful and I'm tapping and I'm like trying to get myself. And so it's really such a vulnerable book in regards to all the steps I've had to take to get to where I am. But the purpose is to show us that we are more alike than we're different. And if I can do it, you know, like a gal that came out of Buffalo, New York with very little means, um, 
that my mom used to take me to Lilydale, which I think is one of the beginnings of my, you know, enlightenment, but I feel like anybody can do it. There's nothing special about me. It's just that I have continued to just keep at it every day and listen and land and ground myself in ways that I feel like I can be a channel for others. I love that. And one last question I have for you. Well, not last because I have a million, but um, (laughs) (laughs) like I said, this conversation could go on forever, but is how do you deal with the self-doubt personally? Well, as everybody knows, I mean, we all have it. We all have it. Anytime you say like, oh, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. Anytime you're going to do something new, if you are really present, you could automatically hear the reasons it's not going to work. Like for me and my retreats, it was, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. People aren't going to pay. Who's going to come? You're ridiculous. Why would you ever do this? I mean, I could go on forever, which I'm having like my ninth retreat in um, in a couple of weeks from now, which is so Yay. funny. The universe has granted me this amazing healing property. Uh, it's unbelievable, but it, it just it came through my husband and this thing, but it came out. Of, I wouldn't say out of nowhere, but it's like I started the retreats in 2018. It's five years later. I just want to keep I want to keep echoing how long these things take to unfold but now I have this property that's, I believe, a vortex on Lake Erie that now I have these retreats at that are just unbelievable. But I feel like the doubt You're is near me. Come visit. Come visit. I, seriously, you're <laughs> not far. I'm only like two hours from Erie. Oh, my gosh. You got to come visit. Yeah. I know. That's so funny. So I feel like the doubts are always going to be there. You're never going to get rid of them. But the idea is, is that you can just recognize the doubts that you have. Like, yes, I hear that I'm not going to do this. I'm going to fail and look ridiculous. My parents are going to think I've lost my mind. Uh, And still say, let me just see what I can do. Let me just see. And this I actually grabbed from Jen Sincero's book, You're a Badass, because she says, you know, I just say, let me just see, because it removes expectations. And I use that all the time, because I'm like, if I just say, let me see, I'm not promising I'm going to be successful. I'm not even promising I'll do it again. I'm just going to check it out. Yeah. Oh, I love that. that. Because I'm always telling people to become the investigator, investigate your own life. And that can go right into that with you. Hey, let me just see. Let me just check it out. Let me just try. Whatever, whatever happens, you know. Oh, so it does. It takes the pressure right off. And that's, that's beautiful. And then you do see. Yeah. And then you do see. And more than likely, you're probably going to be all right at whatever it is that you did, you know what I mean? Or you find out that it's not for you. Or you find out that you might want to try again because it wasn't too bad. Yeah, that's really cool. It is amazing. It's, It's like you really have to lean into believing that the universe has you, you know, that you are part of something bigger and that everything that's happening to you is on purpose. And if you're like, I can't believe I'm in this situation or this and that. Maybe just say like, what do I need to learn? What do I need to learn? Because as soon as you learn it, you can move out of it. And so instead of being like, oh, me, or I'm the victim, or this has happened to me, like, what do I need to learn? Like, you go back to your story, like, I need to learn that I have to love myself more than being with this person. Like, I have to believe I'm worth more than being with somebody who's constantly putting me down or even hurting me, you know? And like, what is the lesson? Because... Life is, the only reason we're here is to learn these lessons. And so if you can really work through the lesson that you're in, you can move out of it. And I feel like that is such a big step for so many of us is to kind of turn the tables on how we've been showing up 
to really give ourselves permission to just work through these things so that we can get on the other side. And at these retreats with women, what is it that you do? Like, how does that work? Oh, gosh. Well, I think I've had eight or nine of them now, and everyone is different. So the first thing is I always want to have a beautiful setting, and I want women to feel nourished. Like, to me, that's super important because we're so depleted on so many levels. So I'm really focused on bringing organic chefs. That's really important to me. I love supporting local women entrepreneurs, so I bring gifts from local entrepreneurs, and then I usually have some kind of sound involved, whether it's the gong, sound bowls, the... um the tribal flute, you know, I like to have some kind of sound because I feel like that really gets women the ability to feel from the inside out when you really feel those types of sounds that like vibrate your whole body. But then we have different topics. So we do, you know, we do the journey, we do all different topics. We'll talk about, we did like a Kundalini event. We've done a mindful event. This time is going to be, um, thriving over 40. It's going to be the journey of the women and like more about just our bodies and how much they change over the years. Um, I've done tapping events. I've done iridology. So really it is just getting women familiar with techniques, tools, and practices that they might not otherwise encounter and show it to them in safe ways that they can really start to kind of see, oh, I would like to do this outside of this retreat. Love that. How long oh, do they last? Are they like so, a weekend? Right, yeah. So either I do it overnight or I just do one full day, but I've created okay. a community now online. And because I used to say, oh, let me introduce you to my iridologist. Let me introduce you to my um, astrocartography. Let me introduce you to my human design person. But I created a community called Together We Seek dot online. And I interview energy practitioners on a regular basis and all of them are either a referral or I have worked with them directly. I think I've interviewed 32 people and I've worked with 29 of them directly. Like I really, I schedule sessions. I have meetings with them. I know who I'm talking with before I recommend them. And I feel like it's a kind of a trusted community. So people can come in and say, okay, I want to learn more about, you know, past life regressions, or I want to learn about you know, crystals or oracle cards or whatever, it's a place you can get a one-on-one and hear the journey of the practitioner of how they, they didn't start doing this when they were 14. They had a job, they did it off the side of their desk. Then they started doing it full-time and like what that journey's been so that women can see they're more alike than they're different. A thousand percent. Wow. That sounds really cool. Yeah, it does. Do you have people on there that do, that do Ayurveda? Ayurveda, yes, I do have a woman, Michelle Toth, does an Ayurveda. Okay, because that's what I do, and that's really cool, because I don't know how I would, many people, she's in America, right? Yeah, come join me. Let's talk about it online. I feel like I want to bring women that I like kind of your tribal concept, like I want to keep bringing amazing women together that want to share their wisdom and insight with each other, because that's really how we're going to crack this code on this soul energy that we've brought to the planet that we're not trusting. Yeah. And I've been craving a tribe. That's what I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. I was a part of one, but there's just difference in our, one, definitely our age. It's not that that's a main thing, but they grew up in a specific generation and I grew up in a different generation. And so certain things just didn't align. And I think I've started to step out into becoming more and more of who I really am. So I've been craving a tribe. So like you said, the universe lines up the things that we need. So this is really cool. So I'll definitely 
get in contact with you and figure right. out. Something. I hope you do. I would love that. And I think even checking out Rebecca's tribe too. Okay. Uh, she does rise to rise and she has a couple books, um, star seeds and the black is the new light. And she has many others. So she has been one of my mentors, I would say of just watching how she brings women together. Yay. Nice. Cool. Very cool. Do you have anything else you want? Yeah. Go ahead. Do you have I'm anything else to say, Sid? You're good? Yeah, I'm okay. just thrilled to be with okay. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I could ask, could go. Well, that's the thing. This could go on and on for days, this conversation, but we know that people have lives, so we do try to keep it <laughs> to this point. And I have a couple of questions for you. Um, I'm going to ask you five questions, and this is called the Deep Dive Five. And we're going to, uh, yeah, dive right into the deep dive. <laughs> How do you define spirituality? I think spirituality is a name that we use that describes how we're connected to something bigger than ourselves. What is your heart's greatest wish? My heart's greatest wish is that we can recognize that we're more alike than different and soon realize that the purpose and reason we're on the planet is to help each other. Love that. What is your favorite self-care and healing activity or practice? I think things like this, where you get together with people and you're connecting and you're creating an energy and frequency that we can share with others, because I feel like there are so many of us placed on the planet to really help all of us just recognize that there's more to our story. There's more to our journey and podcasts and conversation like this. It just gives us glimpses into that. What do you feel is the most vital emotion that we must express to heal and feel well? Empathy. Mm. What makes you laugh or brings you joy? I think the thing that I love the most is just being with people that you feel loved and love. I think there's nothing better than being like in a safe container with people where you just feel like you can just let loose and be yourself and just kick your shoes off and hang out. I love that. Love that. Nice. Well, thank you so much for um, joining us today. What I wasn't sure what to expect, uh, but this was like one of the most amazing conversations I think I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> really, you know well, really seriously. and it just is so funny because it's so in alignment with the conversation that we were having earlier and yeah I probably actually will everyone's ready for me to say this I'll probably cry after this <laughs> I say this on every episode <laughs> I'm like I'll probably cry but um no seriously I probably will because I can already feel it because um it just gives me permission to do what I've been wanting to do. And I've been, see, I'm going to cry. And I've been um, asking for permission and asking to be shown someone that is doing it. So that way I'll feel safe to do it. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And so uh, um, people can find you at jjdgeronimo.com. That's where you would like people to go. You're also on Instagram and all of the, the places too, correct? Yeah, that would be great. 
Awesome. And I did see that you um, have a birth chart for career insights there. I went to your website last night and I thought, oh, wow, look at all the stuff she's got. You have free mindfulness courses. You have other free courses on there. Um, so if people go to your website, they can find all kinds of different different things that they can they can do to move forward with a lot of this. So. Yes, yes. Awesome There's definitely too. tools and techniques and things you can use to you can even get free chapters from the new book seeking. So hopefully they'll check it out on jjdgeronimo.com. Thank you. Yay. Thank you so much for showing up here today. Thank you for being out there for women. It's, you know, it's just such a beautiful and powerful thing. And I just want to say, I really, really appreciate everything that you're doing. Mm, thank you so much for having me. And this is a level of validation for me too. So I really appreciate both of you and just having this conversation makes it, it just crystallizes it for all of us, I think, because it just shows that we're here and we're meant to do this. So this is exciting. Thank you. All right. And now we're going to say goodbye. <laughs> say, it, Sid. say goodbye, Sid. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode. If you would like to connect with JJ, you can find her and her books at jjdgeronimo.com, where you will also find free courses on mindfulness and so much more. Links are in the show notes. Thanks again, and we will see you next time.